Welcome to Imperfect Momming. Our children are constantly looking to us for examples. The term role model doesn't quite cut it here. We are shaping their worldview with every move we make. You see, it's not in the lectures we give or moments where we are actively attempting to teach them. It's in the micro movements we make, the unconscious ways in which we navigate life. We are constantly teaching our children how to show up for themselves, their friends, their future partners, and even their future children. So what can we do to ensure we are raising thoughtful, compassionate, self-aware human beings? We have to become them ourselves. No one is perfect, but we can still all be better, and it starts with self-healing. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Imperfect Momming, and we have a very special guest today. Brittany, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. So um, my name is Brittany. I am, uh, oh, where to start? <laughs> my title that I go by right now is I was, I'm a coach for moms and blended families. And so I do a lot of work. I have um, background as a certified professional coach. I was also an educator before I came into the coaching world. And so I, I bring that with me, but I'm also a certified step parent coach. So I really like to, um, work with moms, if they're the step parent, or if they were like a mom before they got remarried, maybe they got divorced or there was um, a death of their partner, <clears throat> that type of thing. But the reason I do what I do is because of where I've been. I think that's the story with a lot of people. Yeah. Um, it's kind of my story that um, I was in a marriage, first marriage. I actually adopted my daughter in that marriage. Um, and so I uh, love to talk adoption <laughs> too. That's a whole different um, uh, story, but um, it ended up being a really unhealthy marriage. And so I was able to get myself out of there and um, jump back into the dating world. <laughs> Which is always a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> a pleasure is a lovely word. <laughs> yes. Um, and so that was fun. Um, I met my now husband when we met. Um, he, we both had children and they were pretty young at the time. And so we thought this is going to be really easy and really good. <laughs> and the idea is really nice until you start applying it. So we got married. I moved in and things immediately got much more difficult than we anticipated. Um, things like our parenting styles didn't match up. Uh, our kids aren't getting along all of a sudden where they got along before, but now they're trying to like share a household. They're both oldest children, right? So, <laughs> so that yeah. was a, not a good, uh, mesh. Um, Things like trying to co-parent with another person, kids going back and forth between two homes, just so many things that I nobody could have prepared me for. Um, there's so many different complex situations in blended families that I don't I don't feel like people talk about enough. Like, why is it hard? What well, what is the difficulty in it? Um, and it's it's all the little things. Yeah. And so um I didn't have support <laughs> in that time. Yeah. We barely made it as a couple. Um, you know, we had talked about divorce. We we talked about these things like, is this what's best for everyone? Um, and we were able to work through it, but it was it was very difficult 
to say the least. And uh, hindsight, we could have done things a lot better. And so that's why I do what I do now. (laughs) <laughs> because it doesn't have to be as hard as we made it. And, and that's, that's what I love about coaches and, um, and having a support team is that it can really just shorten your learning curve on so many of those situations. Yes. And I love that there's a, you, you said you're certified as a step parent coach, right? Yes. Like, I, yes. I, I think that, you know, this, the world that we're in is, is so fascinating in just the different, you know, um, avenues that we can, that we can travel down. Um, and I'll tell you my, uh, my only experience as a step parent in the hat with the child in the house Mm -hmm. was, um, my relationship before, um, this one that I'm in now, that's my longest relationship ever. Um, and that relationship was about eight months long Mm -hmm. and all of the stuff that you're talking about was a huge factor in why the relationship didn't last. I think that he Mm -hmm. and I were mostly compatible and, hindsight's 2020 right so I I, we had such different priorities Mm -hmm. um when it came to our children and um and then he also kind of triggered my my own stepdad wound yeah uh, that to you know just in a nutshell and not to speak out of school. Is that the, is that the turn? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't, we, I've, I've done a lot of, uh, healing work around my, that relationship with my stepdad, but, um, we butted heads a lot mm-hmm. and, um, and I have theories of why that was. And I saw a lot of that in this ex-boyfriend um, where the only time in the eight months that we were together, the only time we had any fights, I think there was three of them and they were all around my son and mm-hmm. what's wrong with my son. And I mean, I could write a book on all the things that at the time I was like, what you're doing wrong with your kid, you know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I say that at the time. Cause I'm like, I have to remember that every parent has their own path and they have their own style and, and, and all that. And, but, um, you know, the, the big thing that I'll mention is that there was a huge, uh, I have a huge, um, importance on education. Mm -hmm. Everyone in my family is a teacher. Um, and his five-year-old daughter was not speaking like five-year-olds do. Um, and she wasn't in school yet and she wasn't in kindergarten, which kindergarten's not rec- mandatory in California, right. but it's helpful, mm-hmm. um, especially when your child's not talking. And, um, and so he, he, I found out that he didn't have, that he only had 50, 50 legal custody or physical custody uh-huh. of his daughter. And he didn't have any of the other there's medical education and physical right like there's the th- the three are you familiar with those there of the rights 
Uh, I'm actually not super for, super familiar. I always had full custody, like hundred percent for my daughter. Did you? <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> you're like, I don't know. Me too. And I have all, I have a hundred percent of all the things and mm-hmm. my, um, son's father has visitation. And so he had 50% of the physical, um, okay. and then he had 0% of education okay. and, um, and health. So that means that he didn't have any rights to make any decisions. He didn't have any legal rights to make any decisions for, mm. um, for his daughter's health or education. And he was, and I kind of pointed that out to him and he was willing to take her to court because she had claimed their daughter on their tax, her taxes mm-hmm. when it was his turn, but he wasn't willing to take her to court <laughs> to get his 50, 50 hmm, rights. Those other rights. So I was like, okay, I'm out. Like, I just, that's those two things. Yeah. You're, you care more about the money than anything else. And my son is the problem a hundred percent of the time. So peace. Out. <laughs> <laughs> peace out. <laughs> yeah. And that's huge. Actually, those values having different values. I think that's really um, beneficial that you were able to see that because even, (laughs) right, right. Even when you have values that are aligned, like my husband and I have very similar values, but it was still really difficult (laughs) with similar values. So I just read, um, I'm super into reading celebrity bios right now. Uh Um, and I just read Will Smith's bio, which highly recommend it he's Mm. the way that he thinks is very um growth mindset right Mm. um and he mentioned that he and uh, jada had gone to counseling together yeah and they wrote down their top priorities and they were the exact same top priorities ish yeah yeah. very similar but the order was was flipped Mm-hmm. And that was actually offensive to her that mm. he put himself at the top of the list and then the kids and then his career, I think, is was his top three. And yeah. she said, kids, the rest of the family and me or something along those lines. Yeah. Which is typical, which is very like common for women to do is they put themselves right. below everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> that's interesting. Though I mean your values, like how how important would you rate your values in a relationship? Oh, it's huge. It's huge. Mm-hmm. Uh I I think that's kind of like where compatibility comes in, right? Is this going to work long term? If we're not aligned in those values, like we're going in different directions. Yeah. Kind of like they don't have to be perfectly aligned, but they need to be like we're going in this the same <laughs> direction. I actually worked with a couple and we did that. We did this, um, activity where, where they wrote down their values and she was like, I just realized we have totally different values. And I was like, well, I don't know what you're going to do with that, but there's some information for you. So it, it can be very eye opening. Um, and something that not a lot of us sit down and, um, just think like, what are my values? Like, what is important to me? Um, unless someone's asking us to do that thing, but I, mean, I think it's, it's important. It's so, and this, the relationship was pre, uh, personal development. Um, mm-hmm. 
and it, it the values thing i just i couldn't i can't stress it enough as a, a person as a coach as a mom like right the the things typically that trigger us are a a a violation of our values yeah yeah that's important that's how so helpful to move forward right and start healing if we can recognize why why is this happening and something that i realized later too is that um our values can shift um my values before my first marriage versus my my values after my first marriage they changed because of some traumatic experiences, right? Things like that shifted my mindset completely. And um, I think that's important to give yourself permission to be open to changing your values or at least the order of them a little bit. And be aware of when they shift the, uh, in my coaching program, we do, we have a values exercise as well. Mm -hmm. And we do, I end up doing mine every six months or so, Mm -hmm. um, which I think I'm, overdue for like two years but um (laughs) (laughs) um the I I remember having this really profound shift because I was like Jada where it was like Mm. my son comes first and I wasn't even on the list Mm. I didn't have enough awareness to even put myself on the list and then when I put myself on the list because I heard somebody else do it I was like oh be interesting I'd like to be on the list yeah (laughs) oh (laughs) and I so I put myself on the list and I and I put myself below my son Mm -hmm. and then the next time I did it was six months later and I had released my my guilt the mom guilt that I was carrying around Mm -hmm. and suddenly my son was at the same was like I could define my son as family and not in him individual, if that makes sense. Hmm. Got yeah, wrapped yeah. into family, which family is really, really important to me. It's usually right. number two on the list. Um, and that was the first time that I was, that I was ranked above my son. Cause I had let go of that guilt. Yeah. 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 That changes everything. It does. Yeah. Yeah. I That's actually something I work with a lot of my clients with is like, hey, if you're going to have a good experience here in, in this blended family, you've got to get yourself on that list. Yeah. That's it's yeah. life changing. Yeah. And I love, I love that you do blended family stuff because it like, we need help. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And um, it, it could even be, I, I believe I actually wrote a a magazine article about this, that Mm -hmm. every family is a blended family because we are individuals who are coming from a different set of families hopefully otherwise that's inbreeding right (laughs) yes ideally (laughs) we're coming from different parenting styles different family styles totally different backgrounds different Mm -hmm. backgrounds and so no matter what you're coming in as a blended family so I just opened up 
every relationship to your clientele. So you're <laughs> yeah, welcome. That's great. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but if you think about it too, even like my children in the same family are totally different. They're having like similar experiences, but they're not the same children, <laughs> right? At all. Yeah. And so you know, even them going off to their own spouses, they're going to have different experiences and it's going to be wildly different just because of how they perceive life and the things that they go through personally. So yeah, I I love that concept that we're all a blended family of sorts. Yeah. It just kind of came to me one day, like, (laughs) well, we were teaching a, a, we did a webinar, um, or a workshop rather, because it was in person. It's a webinar when it's online and it's a workshop when it's in person. <laughs> <laughs> um, on uh, h- how to handle the holiday gimmies. Mm-hmm. And we talked a lot about creating new traditions. And that like made me think, well, yeah, because I'm coming in with from my family traditions and you're coming in with your family traditions and you or I may not have had a a happy existence in holidays. Like our experience Mm -hmm. might've been really awful as holidays and yours might've been terrible and mine might've been amazing. And so I might be triggering my partner with my wanting to create these amazing holiday memories because they didn't get that when they were a child. Yeah. You know, and so it, when we talk about stuff like this, I'm like, man, being a human is so complicated. <laughs> so complex. <laughs> it really is. It yeah. really is. And as you're talking about being triggered, I think that's one of my favorite things to work with my clients on because, um, you know, when we both come from a unhealthy, toxic relationship, we're bringing a lot with us. Uh, and that was probably one of the most difficult things for me personally is I but even still today, I am triggered <laughs> by things from my first relationship. And so like being able to recognize like, this is what's happening inside of me and, and it's okay. And I'm going to feel my way through this and, you know, keep going. <clears throat> I make a huge advocate for healing as a process. It's not like I'm all healed now. Check <laughs> off yeah. my list. Um, but recognizing those triggers and being aware of them, we, everybody has them even if you didn't get divorced and have like a terrible relationship with somebody, you'll still have other triggers. And I think that's so important to acknowledge. I have them. My husband has them. Our kids have things that trigger them. Um, And if we can kind of just be aware and have empathy, I don't need to tiptoe around other people's triggers, but I can have compassion for that. Yeah. Yeah. Understanding that, you know, most of, most of us are carrying around a, you know, 150 pounds sack of baggage. Yeah. And when we're unaware of the baggage, we're going to have a lot more con- confliction or con- yes. conflict. conflict. <laughs> <laughs> I make up words, um, <laughs> a lot more conflict. Um, and when you're aware of them, it can for me at this point, I think as, as I become aware of my triggers, Mm -hmm. um, they, they dissolve in some ways. Um, and when they don't, I know that there's deeper work to happen, to happen. And I'll give a really short example (laughs) of it. Like, so my dog, when we got my, 
uh, our second dog from the pound, she was 10 months old. And so because she was big already, in our minds, she was an adult dog who knew how to behave versus mm. this puppy that grew up with us. Um, and so she destroyed our couch and <sighs> within two days of living with us, um, and I might be being generous, giving her two days. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> and I was like, I, I can't handle this. She's going back to the pound in my mm -hmm. anger, in my trigger. Um, and then when I calmed down, it was like, oh, she just ha hasn't been taught what she's allowed to chew on and what she's not allowed to chew on. And mm -hmm. that gave me a, a bit of compassion for her that like okay she's like a little child who needs to be taught right and that was right. the end of it no more trigger <laughs> and yesterday I was at a restaurant that's my very favoriteest restaurant mm -hmm. of all time and it closed because it's relocating um at some point but mm -hmm. there's not a and my connection to the restaurant was the building not oh, yeah. the food or the name necessarily. Mm -hmm. So it was very emotional that, and I had this like idea of, okay, I'm going to go in, I'm going to have this last nostalgic appearance and, or, you know, experience <laughs> yeah. and like, blah, blah, blah. I had all these expectations and reality collided with my expectation. Mm -hmm. And I was reframe, I was doing all the things that I normally do to reframe it this guy is really busy. It's just a normal Tuesday for him. It's, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't making me feel better. And it wasn't until I talked with my coach that I understood why it wasn't making me feel better because I was doing this love offering to the, to the restaurant. And I felt like it was being rejected. And I've had that experience mm -hmm. more than once in my life. So it was a totally different and deeper wound that, yeah. I, now, that I now get to heal. <laughs> right. <aware> right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Our triggers are opportunities to heal. I, I <laughs> keep telling myself that. Yes. My favorite meme is, and you know, I use the word meme loosely, but um, when the wound is ready to heal, the trigger appears. Mm. And I use that. I remind myself all the time when I'm triggered, okay, there's something that wants to be healed right now. And it's my job because those triggers, they get bigger and bigger when we ignore them, when we don't right. heal them, when they show up, when they're ready mm -hmm. to heal, you don't get to ignore them anymore and have mm -hmm. a peaceful life. <laughs> right. Right. They get louder. <laughs> yes. They get very, very loud. Um, so I'm interested if, you have like if there was one thing that's like the biggest thing that people struggle with when blending their families and we might have already talked about it with the values but is there something that's like huge the even bigger than that or more common um, maybe not bigger but common ah uh... i it's hard for me to like pinpoint it to one thing yeah but i think if I were to try, it usually comes down to like how the story we're telling ourselves, because, um, 
you know, I could, I'll just get, I'll tell you personally, <laughs> my personal example. Um, our first few years of being married, I, I can see now I was making it harder on myself because I was taking everything really, really personal. Oh, they don't like me. My stepchild doesn't like me because they did this and this and this, but actually it didn't have anything to do with me. It had to do with their circumstance and like what they were going through. But I took it to mean like, oh, this is about me. Um, where a lot of times it's really actually about the role I'm in as step parent or, um, you know, in, in our marriage, when we're not agreeing on something, I took it personal, but it's really just because this is how I did it. And this is how you did it. And it's, we've got to find a way for us to do it together. Right. And that's going to be hard no matter what, but it's not a personal attack on me. So I think that was the the biggest piece um, for me. And I see it in so many of my clients that we are making it mean something that it doesn't actually mean. Same thing with like co-parenting issues. That's a huge, huge one. Um, We're making it like, oh, they are just out to get me and destroy my life. And and sometimes that could be, (laughs) it could be something like that. But am I going to let that like change how I experience my life? And I think what you touched on is super important because the only thing that we control is ourselves. Yes. And the only thing that we can really have power to change is ourselves and how mm-hmm. we react to things. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. I have, there's an inside joke in my family where, <laughs> where, um, you know, this is me. So I'm holding my hand out for those that are just listening. But if you're watching on YouTube, you should watch on YouTube. Um, (laughs) If you're just listening, you should watch on YouTube. But so this is me. I have my hand in a fist and the universe is revolving around me, which is Mm -hmm. my other hand revolving around Mm -hmm. me. Um, And that's most of us in in our in our thoughts. I remember a friend of mine when I was in my twenties said to me, you know how, when you're in junior high and you're like looking around and you think that, um, everybody's watching you and they're like thinking about how much acne you have on your face or what (laughs) outfit you're wearing isn't cool or whatever. Like you're thinking, everybody's thinking about you and what, and all the things that are wrong with you Mm -hmm. when really they're so they're way more busy look thinking the same thing about themselves right notice you right right so I'm in my 20s and she's like you never grew out of that Mm. and I was like oh but I don't think a lot of people have either like right (laughs) right (laughs) it's kind of our culture I think we're kind of just taught that yeah absolutely is, is there a piece of advice that you want to share with moms who are listening, but who might be, you know, seeing themselves in this conversation? The, the advice that I just have on my heart today, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're just going to go with that, That's is fine. that there is no perfect way to be a mom or to be a stepmom. There's not like a right and wrong and I like to think in black and white terms sometimes, yeah. <laughs> very extreme ways. If I don't do this, then I'm terrible. But if I do this, then I'm a great person, right? I'm a great mom. And that's false. 
there's no right way to be a mom and you don't have to do all these things to, I thought I had to cook dinner and do this, put the laundry in this particular way, like do it. This is that that's, that's silly. That's not real. Yeah. Uh, there's not a perfect way to do it. If you show up as your most authentic self, that's the way that's going to be best for you and for your family. So just show up as who you are, your authentic self. Absolutely. I agree wholeheartedly. (laughs) Uh, Is there a book that you want to, that was um, instrumental in your personal development journey? Yes. um, And it's, I recommend it to anyone. (laughs) (laughs) I actually brought it with me right here, but it's by Brene Brown. She's one of my heroes. It's the gifts of imperfection. Mm. And so if you struggle with, um, thinking that you have to be perfect <laughs> like I do and yeah. did. Um, I I am usually a very fast reader and I will plow through books, but I had to take this like a chapter and I had to like think about it for a week. And then yeah. I could take in another chapter because there was so much. I, I couldn't even soak it all up. Uh, and so it, it was just huge, huge shifts for my brain reading that book. That's actually yeah. what probably got me on the path to becoming a coach so that's amazing I mean what think about the power of the words in that book that it like altered your the course of your life yeah oh yeah it would blow my mind and I had to like process it with my husband as like I read this thing and it said this <laughs> like one of them one in particular was the concept that setting boundaries was actually a loving thing to do and like I could not comprehend I was like what no setting boundaries is mean that's not nice but it was like it's one of the most loving gestures you can do is to set a boundary and and so I had to like really think about that I was like this can't be real (laughs) but I have since learned that that is very real yeah and it is one of the most loving and compassionate things that we can do yeah and I haven't read the book but a friend of mine who's been a parent educator for 20 years was talking about boundaries with our children mm-hmm. is is essentially i don't think her exact words were that it's loving but it actually gives your children a sense of safety yes and, and security and and trust because when you say you know the video games turn off at 8:30 they know that video games are turning off at 8 30 and that my mom says what she means. And when my mm-hmm. mom says what she means, then I can trust her. And it was like, yeah. that was for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. And it's in a way like that we teach people how they can treat us. Yeah. And so am I going to teach them that they can walk all over me or am I going to teach them that like this is this is how you show respect to me yeah right yeah and and that's it's a bitter pill to swallow that we teach people how to treat up treat us yeah and yeah especially if you're been a people pleaser that stings <laughs> yeah yeah so where can our listeners find you you can find me on my website it's blendingbravely.com Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, my handle is it's me, Brittany P and Brittany is spelled B-R-I-T-T-N-E-Y. That's really cute. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, um, 
thank you for being here and for what you're doing in the world. Cause, um, I mean, like I said, we're all blended families in some way, shape or form, mm -hmm. but more and more people are in what we would traditionally label as a blended family. And there's a lot of support, um, that that's needed in that. Um, yeah. so I appreciate what you're doing in the world. Wow. Thank you. And I, I right back at you. I think that where this is an important message and mission that we're on to, uh, help families, strengthen yeah. families and moms specifically. So love that. Thank you. So there will be another episode of Imperfect Momming for you all coming next week. And until we meet again, keep healing. Bye guys. Thank you for tuning in to Imperfect Momming. It's time for us to step up and realize that our power is not in trying to shape our children. Our power lies in shaping ourselves into the people we want our children to model themselves after. Don't just do it for your kids. Do it for yourself. When you become a more self-aware, compassionate, and confident person, you and everyone around you benefit. For more information about me and my work, visit alishalyons.com. That's A-L-Y-S-I-A. L-Y-O-N-S dot com. See you next time.